The Jets front office has made its share of mistakes over the last couple of years, but it's also gotten some things right. And these things can teach them a lesson as they try and build this roster for 2024. Tell you what they are today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from GangreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, we give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the channel. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, on yesterday's show, I talked about some of the things the Jets did wrong last offseason and before that during Joe Douglas's tenure, so it seems only fair today to move on and talk about what the Jets have gotten right over the last couple of years as they've built their roster and the lessons that they can learn from the things that they've gotten right, because this is an offseason where the Jets will be trying to build up around Aaron Rodgers. They once again will try and rebound from a difficult season and break the longest playoff drought in major North American sports. So let's jump right in. Now, the first thing I can say about the Jets front office, and this is true since Joe Douglas has gotten here, is they've not gotten everything right. But broadly speaking, I think their priorities have been right. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about the positions Douglas focuses on. Now, his predecessor, Mike McCagden, had many, many failings. We could go through all of those in many episodes. In fact, if you want to, you could just go back through uh, what I was saying when Mike McCagney was the GM. Uh, so that chapter in verse, uh, actually about two years ago, I did a, a retrospective on Mike McCagney I, with my friend McGregor Wells. We talked about the last five Jets GMs. So we did a McCagney episode, which was very, uh, not a lot good to talk about. One of the areas where McCagney was baffling was his insistence on not prioritizing the premium positions in football, in the National Football League, positions are not created equally. There are some positions which matter more than others. Now, a great player is a great player, of course. You know, a great player at a non-premium position, a great running back, a great safety, it's going to have an impact for your team. But for the most part, there are certain spots that win you games in this league. Obviously, quarterbacks at the top of the list. Wide receiver, you know, playmakers at wide receiver. You know, there are more there are more playmakers at wide receiver than there are at running back, and that's one of the reasons that wide receiver is a premium position. We talk about the important positions because just part of it's just that there are more impact players there than there are anywhere else. I think you talk about both lines of scrimmage. You talk about the offensive line. Talk about the defensive line. Football's still a game of physicality. You know, as much as it's a passing league now, it's a game of physicality. It's a game where controlling the trenches is important. But because it's a passing league and because receivers are important, the guys who lined up across from them, corners, cornerback, that's another important position. If you look through Joe Douglas's record, there's been a clear focus on these spots. You know, Mike McCagnon in five drafts picked one offensive lineman in the first three rounds. That was Chuma Edoga. That was a third round pick. He never picked an offensive lineman in the first two rounds. What did Joe Douglas do? Well, his first pick was an offensive lineman as Jets GM back in 2020. Now it was Makai Becton, so it did not go very well. But you could tell that there was there was prioritization there. You know, Joe Douglas has 
focus on the offensive line and free agency. You know, Connor McGovern was part of his first free agent class. So was George Fant. Uh, brought in Lincoln Tomlinson to try and fix the offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker was a first-round pick. In the second round, he drafted Joe Tippman. Now, he hasn't done a very good job at finding the right players, but the broad plan has been pretty good. You know, the focus on the offensive line, tough to complain about that. At the receiver position, a little bit more of a mixed bag because I don't think Douglas has targeted the right guys. I don't think that Douglas has made enough of an effort to load this roster up with two number one receivers. And that's really what you see a lot of the great teams are doing. A lot of the great, it's not necessarily something that's essential, but a lot of the great offenses in this league, they're trying to trying to load up the team with as much receiver talent as possible. I think he's passed on some guys on potential trades. I think he's passed on some big time targets in free agency, but he still has used a number of early draft picks at the wide receiver position. You know, Denzel Mims was a second round pick in 2020. Again, a mistake. The offense got, the offense is in this shape because Douglas has done a lousy job of evaluating. But he's focused on the right spots. Elijah Moore was an early second round pick in 2021. And then, of course, Garrett Wilson, he actually nailed in 2022. The one thing he's gotten right at the wide receiver position. Defensive side of the ball has obviously been a lot better. And you look at what the Jets have done investing on the defensive line. You know, the, Carl Lawson didn't work out too well. That was part of uh, one of Douglas's early free agent classes. But, you know, the Jets have built a very talented defensive line. You know, they've, you've he traded up for Jermaine Johnson. Again, that one actually looks pretty good. You know, we're talking about a lot of Douglas draft failures, but the trade up for Jermaine Johnson was pretty good. Now, of course, he inherited Quinn and Williams, so there's only so much you can say about that. But you know, getting Bryce Huff as an undrafted free agent, that was a good good guy to target. But again, the Jets are tar- Jets are focusing on building up the defensive line. They brought in John Franklin Myers, and part of this is philosophical with Robert Sala. We're going to get to this. We're going to get to the Sala's defense in a little bit on the show. But defensive line is another spot where the Jets have made an effort to load up their roster. I think you talk about cornerback. Obviously, the Jets drafted Sauce Gardner very high in back in 2022. The Jets went out and signed DJ Reed. So I think what you could say is that there are positions where Douglas has been better than others. On yesterday's show, I talked about how corner was probably his best his best position when we talk about evaluating players. But the Jets are focusing on the right positions. And of course, another area where he's gotten it wrong, but at least he's made an effort to get to bring in guys most important position on the field and that's quarterback and listen we know zach wilson did not work out i think that there was a case at the time for the jets to trade down i did not think they necessarily needed to draft a quarterback back in 2021 but again at least douglas you know values the quarterback position you know at least the key spots again both trenches offense and defense both got you know the guys you throw the ball to and the guys who defend the guys you throw the ball to wide receiver and corner and quarterback the jets have more aligned their priorities to the premium spots than they did with mike mccagnan mike mccagnan was the guy who you know drafted darren lee in the first round back in uh 2016. he drafted jamal adams in 2017. now again there's nothing wrong with drafting a player at one of these positions necessarily they're a great player is a great player but when you go through draft after draft after draft, you don't really make a focus on getting good receivers. And you're not really focused on getting edge rushers in here. And you're not certainly not focused on the offensive line. And a corner, you know, you have very shaky guys. I know McCagnan did spend, spend big on Trumaine Johnson, but it felt like McCagnan in many ways was trying to moneyball the key spots. Joe Douglas has not done that. And what you can say is that there are certain things about being a GM that are important. One of them is getting the right evaluations. 
that's clearly critical. Douglas has not done a good job on that, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He's been much better on the defensive side of the ball, but he's not done a great job on the offensive side of the ball. But at least, you know, he's focusing on the right spots. Yes, he drafted, yes, he traded up for Brees Hall in the second round. But again, I can go, go through the list of early picks for Joe Douglas. You know, we can go back to 2020, first round offensive line, second round wide receiver. 2021, first round quarterback and offensive line, second round wide receiver. 2022, the famous draft class, top 10 corner, top 10 wide receiver, trade up in the first round for a defensive end. All right, trade up in the second round for a running back. That's a non-premium spot, but I'm not saying you always have to draft the premium positions. I'm just saying that generally speaking, there should be a slant towards those positions. And even 2023, yeah, Will McDonald, that's a bit of a controversial pick, but nobody's going to doubt that defensive end edge rusher is a premium spot. So I think that's one thing Joe Douglas should keep doing. He's got to do better. Now he's got to hit on some of these picks. He's got to hit on some of these free agent signings. He's got to hit on some trades. Got to do better, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But at least, you know, he's got the right mindset in that area. Another area where I think the Jets have the right mindset is on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've built a good identity there. I think they can learn some lessons as they build their offense based on what they've done on defense. I know that sounds a little bit strange, but I'll explain it as we continue on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel, and happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I like Super Bowls when the New England Patriots aren't involved because it's relatively stress-free viewing. It's always tougher when you have a team to root against. Jets, unfortunately, are never in the Super Bowl, so the worst thing that can happen is when you have a division rival in there. Fortunately, we don't have to worry about that That this year. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers, and FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W, or two, or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. A big shout out to you everydayers. And let me tell you something. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And today on Locked On Jets, we're focused on what the Jets have done right the last couple of years. Nice to be able to talk a little, a little positivity. There's not really a lot of positivity around this franchise right now and with good reason i mean they've really done a lot wrong but there are some certain things they've done right and i think any discussion that we talk about things the jets have done right there has to be talk about the, the defense the way the jets have built this defense up this is a ferocious unit now had a bit of a slump in december you know after the jets kind of fell out of the race a couple of bad games back to back to back near the end of the season you know, they, they actually finished relatively strong in uh, week 18 against New England after you know struggling a little bit against Miami and then Washington and Cleveland. But overall, over the course of the season, this was a good unit. This was a unit that you can win with. This is a unit that could take a team to the playoffs if they had a better offense. So I think about the way the Jets build this defense up. And you know, part of it goes back to what I talked about in the first segment. They focused on the premium spots. They focused on, they've thrown most of their resources into the defensive line and cornerback. And in today's NFL, generally, those are the two most important positions. 
if you have like a Luke Keekley with uh, Carolina who, who can like cover the entire field, then you know linebacker becomes a premium spot because essentially what Keekley did back in his days, you know, he's, re- he's been retired for a couple of years, he really kind of took on the role of a corner because he covered so much ground that the corners didn't really have to cover as much territory. So he kind of made their jobs a lot easier. But for the most part, unless you like you have a special player or you have a special system, defensive line and corner are the most important spots. But I think beyond that, the Jets have kind of established what they want on defense. And, you know, Robert Sala always has like the mentality. It's like it's the, the Jets mantra, all gas and no breaks. And, you know, those can sound a bit silly to outsiders. But I think that there there's a clear philosophy on, on that side of the ball. And that's the Jets want to be relentless and they want to be speed. They want to have speed. You know, on the defensive line, they bring guys in and out. They rotate guys all game. I never understood why people complain about that. There's a seems a lot of stress in the fan base over the Jets rotating guys in and out. But they do it for a purpose. They want guys to be able to go all out when they're in there. So if you're rotating guys in and out, nobody's going to get tired. They're going to be fresh. That means you can go all out. It means you don't have to conserve energy for the next play. It means you have the opportunity to... Give to uh, just send guys, and if you have a lot of quality defensive linemen, they can be relentless. And it also helps you at the end of the game. I mean, we've seen through the years with the Jets, um, sometimes they've had trouble closing games out. Now, I'm not saying the Jets have closed every game out under Salah perfectly, but I think that they've they've had better closing games out, and that's because their pass rushers are are fresh by the end of the game. But beyond that, you know, the Jets, and this is one of the things Joe Douglas does that you know I think sometimes he goes a little bit too far in this direction, but Douglas clearly focuses on physical attributes. So it kind of meshes with what Salah wants to do. And the Jets, again, they have a lot of speed. You've seen it the way they've, it hasn't always worked out, but they focused on speed at the linebacker position. CJ Mosley has been gotten lighter through the years. You know, back in Baltimore, he was, you know, more of a stronger player, a guy who would shed blocks. Jets asked him to shed some weight so that way he could cover more ground. Quincy Williams, a very fast guy. And we've seen it through the years. This is what hasn't really worked out all that well. They've tried to convert safeties to linebacker. And the idea behind it is that you're adding speed. You're adding coverage ability. And the guys that would play corner, you know, Sauce Gardner's pretty fast. DJ Reed's pretty athletic. So I think about this, and I look to the offensive side of the ball. What's the Jets' identity on offense? Outside of, you know, going three and out. They don't really have one. And, you know, there are different identities you can build. You know, a team like Baltimore's, you know, they're built on the run game. They're built on power football. I, I think if you don't, you need a special, you need a certain type of quarterback to be able to build yourself around power football these days. You know, Lamar is such a unique player that, um, you know, you can make that work. But, you know, Miami, where do they build? They're built around speed. They just go all out. There are teams that are built around just being bigger, you know, especially at the wide receiver position. And they just out muscle guys. So I think that the Jets need to figure out what they want to do on offense. There are plenty of different valid approaches on the offensive side of the ball. There's not necessarily one that's better than the other. But the Jets, part of their problem on offense is that they don't have an identity. Now, the bigger problem is they don't have talent, and that's got to that's got to improve. And again, all of this is moot if the Jets don't do a better job evaluating their players. All of this, you know, doesn't matter if the Jets, you know, keep on messing up at the offensive line and run wide receiver spots. But I think they also need to think about what type of offense do they want to be? How do they overwhelm the opposition? Fortunately, the Jets now have players on the offensive side of the ball who they can count on to deliver plays. That was not always the case. I mean, again, you go back to the McCagnan era, you go back to the Idzik era, you go back to the late Mike Tannenbaum era, there was nobody who threatened the defense. Now the Jets have two guys. They have Garrett Wilson and they have Brees Hall. And Brees is a home run hitter. Garrett's a very reliable receiver. But 
what's the like attribute when you face the Jets? What are you afraid of? You know, there are lots of you know, there are lots of different ways you can do this. Kansas City, you're afraid of Mahomes first of all, but you know Andy Reid's going to throw some crazy stuff at you. You know, teams there are teams that develop eye candy. You know, teams that use complex motions and shifts before snaps. There are different ways you can do it. So you know, sometimes it's schematic. Sometimes it's just it's just an attribute your your team has. Again, with the Jets, it's relentless on, def- on the defensive side of the ball. It's relentlessness and it's speed. So I think the Jets, as much as anything, when they think about building this offense, they need to figure out how they're going to present matchup problems for the other team. Jets have players who can present matchup problems, but the entire system presents no matchup problems for the opposition. And I think that that's a problem. I think that's something that needs to be fixed. Speaking of things that were fixed, a few years back, Jets had a rough season on special teams. It was one of the rare ones that they did. And ever since that season, I think they've been focused on building a stronger special teams unit. And it may not always be obvious, but it does make a difference. And as we continue on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Jets, we'll talk about the way the Jets have correctly built up their special teams. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about what the Jets have done right the last couple of years with Joe Douglas as their general manager. Now, under Brant Boyer, the Jets special teams have typically been excellent. They've typically been near the top of the league. But I noticed kind of a subtle change once Robert Sala took over as the Jets head coach. 2020 was a disaster year for the Jets on many levels. And it was an uncharacteristically poor season for Brant Boyer on special teams. And, you know, there are lots of different things that could have played into that. First of all, the team overall was just in bad shape. It was a very untalented roster. And also, you know, special teamers tend to be like lower level players on the roster. And, you know, sometimes guys are shuffling in and out. And 2020 was a very unique season because of some of the limitations teams had on making transactions because it was right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, So lots of potential explanations for for that. But one thing that was notable was the Jets kept Brant Boyer on after Adam Gase was fired. And this was actually the second time the Jets retained Boyer after a coaching change because he was originally part of Todd Bowles' staff. He joined the Jets back in 2016. Uh, 2015 was an awful season for the Jets special teams wise. They've missed the playoffs by one game and special teams was near the top of the list under a coach who was actually had a very good reputation in Bobby April, a coach who'd been very successful in this league, but it didn't work for Bobby April. So they bring in Brant Boyer and most years they're successful. 2020, they have a rough year. Gase goes, Salah comes in, Boyer stays. And since then, it's felt like there's been a focus on special teams as the Jets have built their roster. And why do I say that? One of the first players they signed that 2021 offseason was Justin Hardy, a guy who's like as pure of a special teamer as you can get. He's technically listed as a corner. I don't think the Jets would ever play him at corner, though, unless it was like an emergency situation. What he you know delivers on are special teams. You know, he plays he plays across the special teams units, does a pretty good job. Now he had you know kind of an injury play 2023 season, but this is a guy who's been one of the top special teamers in the league. 
and he even made the Pro Bowl in 2022 for his work, you know, I think mainly as a punt gunner where he was near the top of the league in tackles. Really solid guy on, on the special teams unit. And as I watch the way that, as I look at the way the Jets have built their team since then, there's clearly been a focus on, on it. Um, you know, back in 2021, Delshawn Phillips, you know, he got called up on the practice, off the practice squad the first couple of weeks, earned his roster spot for the rest of the season because he was such a good special teamer. This past year, Irv Charles, you know, Irv Charles was a surprising addition to the roster near the end of training camp, played plenty for the team on, on special teams, especially with Hardy down. It was clear that, uh, it's, I just think it's clear, Ashton Davis, guy who, May not have made the team this year if it wasn't for his work on special teams because he's another guy who plays across the units. And I, I've always said this, that I feel like for a younger player who's still developing, special teams gives you an opportunity to grow into your, your grow into your number one role. Ashton Davis was a guy who really struggled at safety his first couple of seasons, but he provided value on special teams, which allowed him to hang on the roster. And he turned into like a decent defender in sub-package situations. So I, I look across this roster. I see a couple of guys who were added primarily for special teams. And that makes sense because, you know, your, your third string guy at a given position, probably not going to see the field much at his, at his spot, you know, unless there's an injury, whereas that guy will see the field on special teams. Again, special teams are bottom of the roster type players. I think, you know, this year the Jets had one of the top special teams units in the league. They did, they did an excellent work across the board. And I, the other thing I'll say is that it felt like the Jets, it feels like the Jets finally kind of figured out how to deal with the kickers. That was something Joe Douglas really struggled with his early years, especially the, especially the place kicker spot. The first game Joe Douglas was GM, Kari Vedvik, you know, it was a catastrophe in week one, 2019 against the Buffalo Bills, the game, a game the Jets lost by a point, uh, missed a couple, really missed, a, missed an extra point, missed a short field goal. It was brutal. And the Jets just could not figure out that spot. Sam Ficken came in, Matt Amendola. It took until like Eddie Pinheiro came in for the Jets to stabilize the position at the end of 2021. And then last year, the Jets brought in Greg Zerline. This year, Jets bring in Thomas Morstead after Braden Mann really struggled. Mann was a late round pick for the Jets in 2020. And what's notable is that the Jets finally brought in some veterans. Jets kept going young and inexperienced at the kicker spots. And it kind of felt to me like Joe Douglas, first of all, you know, I, I don't know if this is, you may disagree with this. I, I think this is true. I think Joe Douglas was kind of like trying to show he could scout kickers. I think Joe Douglas was trying to hit the home run. And more than anything, I think he was trying to settle the position for the two spots for the next decade. You know, drafting Braden Mann, he thought maybe we won't have to worry about punter again for the next decade. When he signed all these young guys with big legs, he was hoping, all right, maybe we'll, maybe I found the right kicker for me going forward. We won't have to worry about it again. The reality, though, is that there are always decent kickers available. There are always decent punters available. And they tend to not cost much. And even if you get an older guy who can only be with you for a couple of seasons, having a proven kicker and having a proven punter are important. I mean, that NFC Championship game on Sunday, I've seen Dan Campbell get roasted for, for uh, going for it on a couple of fourth downs. But the reality is he had a really shaky kicker, and those were long kicks. And I think that that, more than anything, may have played into his thinking. I think if those kicks were shorter, he may have gone with it, but he did not have a kicker he felt he could trust with with. Uh, kicks between 40 and 50 yards. Look at his look at his statistics. He, he really is not that good at kicks from that that, that distance. And there's, I feel like there's no excuse for that in the NFL. You should be able to trust your kicker because at any given time there's a proven quality kicker available. And I think the same is true of punter. So it maybe have take may have taken Joe Douglas a couple of years on this front, but I think he's finally figured it out. And one thing that's important to remember: people dismiss special teams. Special teams account for about 20 percent uh, of the plays in a in a given game. So if you win the special team value battle it can make all the difference in the world for your team 
it can special teams wins and loses games. I always think back to like the first couple of years with Rex Ryan, the two years the Jets made the playoffs. Every single big game the Jets won, they've somebody made a big play on special teams, or the other team melted down on special teams. You know, the Nate Caden game back in 2009 in San Diego against the Chargers. Special teams are critical. Nobody ever really focuses on them because they're not the guys who score touchdowns, you know, except on returns, you know, maybe Xavier Gibson this year. But for the most part, they're not the guys who catch who make the big plays on offense. They're not the guy who, guys who produce the splash plays on offense. They're not the guys who, you know, take the 80-yard touchdowns with a few exceptions of the returns. They're not the guys who have the sacks. They're not the guys who have the interceptions. Solid special teams play kind of flies under the radar, but it can make all the difference in the world. And I like the fact that the Jets focus on it. I like the fact that the Jets dedicate roster spots to special teams. It's one of those things where you can find a little hidden advantage. And in the NFL, this is a league where they try and like make all teams equal. And about half the games come down to one score. The little advantages add up over time. And maybe we haven't seen it. You know, we did see it, though. We saw Xavier Gibson win a game with a punt return. But the more mundane special teams play, they kind of inch your team closer to victory. And I think that teams that don't focus on special teams are missing out. I think that they're making a mistake. And I like the fact that Jets have focused on special teams. I think they should keep doing it. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you like the show and are listening on the podcast, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out. helps other Jets fans find the show. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow, we're going to have our Wednesday mailbag.